Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. My name is Joshua. For those joining me for the very first time, my name is Joshua. As always, Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe. And I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who've been rocking me for a long time, whether you've been a subscriber or a follower of mine or a listener of mine for 14 years or 14 minutes, I want to say thank you all so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasured to you. But this is my live Q&A for those who are new. And if you want to be a part of this, make sure you hit the subscribe button and all post notifications so that you'll be able to get your questions in there and so that you'll be able to be in the chat and I'll be able to answer your questions there. But as everyone is coming in, and getting their questions typed out. Let me let you guys know about some things I got going on. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you need help with your relationships, your spiritual development, help with your singleness and how to maximize it, um, your purpose, whether to discover it, develop it, or distribute it. So if you're looking for branding or marketing, or if you just need some advice on anything, you need someone to talk to, vent to, or whatever, uh, send me. Let me know what your budget is, and I'll customize a coaching session for you. Also, check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. It's a book that helps you process your feelings so that you can find the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling um, the roles that God wants you to fulfill. Great book there. If you're looking for a book to help you process how you're holding things or how you're positioned to hold things in the future, this book, The Holdness Journal, will be a great resource for you to give you step-by-step an accountability resource to help you begin to develop yourself so that you can be more prepared to hold things well. And if you're looking for a book to help you maximize your singleness and to know its purpose or understand its purpose, this book, The Purpose Singles, will be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a dating resource tool to help you see if you're dating the right one and to give you a plethora of questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, here's a great book there. If you're looking for a book to help you determine what's in front of you is from God or from the enemy, um, here's a book called Counterfeit or Counterpart. It's a great resource to help you discern the will of God in every area of your life. If you're looking for a book to help you untie soul ties or uproot strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, will be a great book for you. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare or want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, will be a great resource for you. Last but not least, we have a children's book called As He Says, Great Proverbial, Great Points, Great Wise Sayings for Kids to Better Understand Who They Are and how to discover the art form and distribute it. We also have t-shirts, all that good stuff. And if you want to support the channel, you can on my website, imunplugged.com. All right, we got some people here. Kimmy says, salute, Josh. Good to see you, Kimmy. Hope you're well. The Curtis Taylor says, I respect this. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you're enjoying it. K. Toussaint says, hey. K. Toussaint also said, how are you? I'm doing well, man. We're doing well. It's July, so I'm excited uh, 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 for new things happening. And so I'm doing well. Hope you're well, too. Young New says, I struggle with negative thoughts, mostly about being single and finding a wife. What should I do? I think I didn't meet. Uh, I think I didn't meet my wife yet. I didn't think I met my wife yet. And I want to be the best man for a great series of questions, family. Well, um, in life, there's going to be struggle. Um, that's why we have to make sure we have a strong grip on particular thought patterns in our minds. The Bible says casting down vain imagination, every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So the more that you begin to know God about manhood and know God about husband, know more about God about husbandhood and to know God more personally, personally, then you'll begin to, to develop the right mental framework to ensure that certain things don't enter the frame of your mind as far as a picture. So you don't want to be developing false images, false ideologies, and then finding yourself caught up in negative emotions and uh, negative thoughts. And thoughts are powerful. You got to begin to understand. The more you understand singleness, the more you understand manhood, the more you understand preparation, the more you understand the will of God, the more you understand the timing of God, then your mind will be able to filter through, through the scriptures and through common sense and through just sound understanding of life, will begin to filter what should be thought of and what shouldn't be thought of. That's why the Bible says, think on things that are above. Think on things that are lovely, pure, just of a good report. Think on those things so that you will be able to rise to those things. Right. And so let's talk about it. First, you have to understand the value of your singleness. It's hard to have a negative thought when you look at your singleness as a positive season. When you look at your singleness as something positive, it's going to be hard to think something negative. The issue is we think singleness is just a waiting tunnel. It's just a place that's where, where people die and decay. No, singleness is where people grow each day so they can become the person they need to be for the future days of where they desire to be. It's a great jumping, um, a place to jump from. It's a great place to develop and grow. So when you understand that singleness is a, is a prerequisite season for you to become 
become more seasoned and so that you can be seasoned by God. And then you will find yourself lasting longer seasons because you capitalize on your single season. Now, when it comes to finding a wife, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and attain a favor of the Lord. You have to see, is there any boy tendency still in me? Because when God develops you into a man, then he positions you to have the traits of a husband. And then when you have the traits of the husband, then you can put a band on her hand, right? Because then you will understand what it means to be a man. And when the Bible says when a man finds a wife, it's not talking about that the man goes out and look for a wife. As the man is following God, as the man is pursuing God, as the man is flourishing and fruitful in the things of God, he will find his wife along the way. And then the favor that comes with that woman, seeing that he's no longer good to be alone, then y'all can be alone side each other. But only God knows when it's not good for you to be alone anymore. So we can sense the feelings of, man, I wish I had somebody, but we have to begin to realize that only God knows when we're ready to be with somebody. Because if you can't be by yourself, you're not going to be able to be by her side, right? And so when you understand that, you will begin to start thinking of preparatory type thoughts. You will start thinking on thoughts of development. You will start thinking on thoughts of how you can serve God and maximize your sin because you will never be able to get that back. And so you have to understand that. So what should you do? You got to write those negative thoughts down and then you got to audit them. You got to assess them. You got to see how they correlate to the scriptures and the word of God and what you should be thinking about. You also got to then begin the process. If I continue to think this way, what will be my outcome? You sure won't be able to be in the position to be a husband and to have a wife if you continue to entertain these negative thoughts because what you think you will actually uh, 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 have. You have what you think, you have what you say, you have what you believe. And so when it comes to being a man, you just got to say, all right, man, I'm going to forget about, I'm not even going to think about my wife. I'm not going to think about marriage. I'm going to think about maximizing my season so I can become my maximum self, so I can be able to give God maximum glory, and I can be able to uh, um, give my wife what she uh, uh, deserves in a husband. He says, I think I didn't meet my wife yet. And I want to be the best man. Focus on being the best man for God. Because if you're the best man, if you can be your best towards him, everything else you will be, you'll be great for. Hope that helped. Golden Christian says, hey, coach, how do you deal with sexual urges? And is it a sin to have those urges even though you don't act on them? It's not a sin when a when a when an urge rises, but it's a sin if you ride the urge, right? You're human. The body's going to do what the body does, man. Especially if you're a man, the body's going to do what the body does. And, but you have to make sure that you're not positioning the body to do what the body shouldn't be doing by itself. Now, if you put yourself in sexual environments, watching sexual movies, watching things with sexual in your windows and stuff like that, subconsciously, you're going to be triggering yourself, right? So you got to make sure that you're not uh, in, immersed in sexuality or sexual things, even though you're not acting sexual things, because then you're setting yourself up to eventually fail, right? So how do you deal with sexual urges? First off, you got to understand not all urges are urgent. You have to make it a habit or a practice to ensure that not all urges you consider urgent, because when you make all urges urgent, then you'll capitalize on the urgency, right? So you can't not just allow all sexual urges and feel like you got to be, it's urgent for you to deal with it. No, face that. Um, sexual urge by doing some things like this. You got to make sure that you find outlets, like whether you're a 24 hour gym or uh, stores that you can go to, you got to begin to be more productive because the more idle time you give your life, the more those different urges will capitalize on that uh, idleness, right? And so you got to make sure your life is not idle. First off, you got to begin to develop a framework of mind that understands that if I entertain these sexual urges or continue to enter environments of sexual urges, then I'm going to continue to have these urges. Some sexual desires have been uh, 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 erupted because of environments, have been erupted because of biological reasons. And when the body does what the body does, then you just got to say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me develop the systems to be able to set me up for success. And if you fall and if you have these urges, definitely don't fall into condemnation. Don't beat yourself up about it and don't think too much about it. Go on and move on to the next thing. So right now you got to say, okay, what type of things, new habits I can incorporate in my life, new <clears throat> outlets I can incorporate, um, new disciplines I can incorporate, um, um, uh, new systems I can incorporate. And that's between you and the Holy Spirit. It's okay, what things can I do? If you if it's two o'clock in the morning, you have that to do, what I used to do, I would do, I'd put out a hundred push-ups. 
I had a, a 24 hour membership. If stuff started rising <clears throat> when I was single, urges, then I'll urgently go to do some urgent care <laughs> and go to the gym. You know, distract yourself, write books. Or no, that's what I did, wrote books, or or just whatever you gotta do, man. But it begins with the mind. It begins with the heart that realizes that you are not going to be able to overcome this without supernatural help and supernatural guidance and supernatural spiritual disciplines to ensure those things go missing. Right. And so even if even though you don't act on them, make sure that you're not putting yourself in environments that causes you to always uh, um, be be uh, um, sexually um, urged. So you don't want to submerge yourself in things that's going to increase sexual urges. And so you just got to just develop the right systems and 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 just and just really um watch what environments you're in all that kind of things, man. Hope that help. K Tucson says, "What's the best way to stay disciplined in the word of God?" Well, you want to make sure that that the word of God um um is is supplemented or sourced by your relationship with God. That's the only way that the word of God becomes valuable to you when you know the author. When you know the author, everyone has a, when they was a kid, they had, was it whether it was Dr. Seuss or whoever it is, and they began to grow a connection to the author because of the books they read, right? Or some people, they do that. They they have certain authors that no matter what book comes out, they get it because of the relationship and connection with the author. The more you begin to engage and connect with the author, the more you're going to see what, he's, what he uh, wrote. Right. So the best way to stay disciplined is to have a baseline reading plan. The baseline reading plan I always give people is a proverb a day and a gospel a month. And so you got to discipline is something you develop. You have to say, I'm doing this no matter what. And then when you do it and begin to see the fruit from it, then you become a little bit more attached to it and you become more connected to it. It becomes a way of your life. And so what you do is. Just get you a good Bible, like this ESV study Bible, get you a good Bible, some good commentary. And commentary has a way of making you go a little bit deeper about what you're reading, and it makes the word come more a little bit more alive so that you can begin and say, Oh man, that's what it means. That's what that meant. Right? So think different things like that, man. I think that will help you be more disciplined um, in the word of God. But understand the fruit that comes when you in the word of God. And think about your spirit, man. Just like you think about your body all the time when you're hungry or thirsty, think about how hungry and thirsty your spirit man is. And, and, and the word of God is that spirit man's well. And if you want your spirit man well, drink from that well often. Liz Marie says, what, uh, what's your input on the CERN? I know that's that big thing they're building over there. I know they're uh, from what I've heard, um, uh, from what I've studied. I don't know too much about it to give. I know what my conspiratorial thoughts may be. But I don't think I don't want to give that kind of insight on YouTube, um, not because of YouTube, but because I don't want to lead people down stuff that I'm more prepared to handle that they may not be more prepared to handle. So for for wise, for wisdom's sake, I'm not going to say too much about that um, because it's just I don't want to set people up to go down a rabbit hole, if that makes sense. But I do have some thoughts on it. And it's probably similar thoughts that you have. Um, let's see here. Liz Marie. There you go. All right. Unique Creation says, hey, coach, eight months together has me met my family unplanned. Hey, coach, eight months. With, uh, I'm, okay, hold on. But it happened. Still haven't met his family. Should I give it a year? Okay. Hey, coach, eight. we've been eight months together, eight months together, and have and I have met his family unplanned, but it happened. Still haven't met his family. Should I give it a year? That's between you and the Holy Spirit. That's a lot of nuance there. I mean... Some people may not want you to meet their family because because of words they may have heard from their family about you, or maybe the man's just not feeling it's the right time. I mean, when you got two strong feelings and he's in the middle, he may not want to fiddle and uh, in, in right now in being in the middle. And he may know some things and say, okay, just trust me on this. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll meet my family when I feel like both parties are ready. So I would have a conversation with him to see what's his reasons behind it. And don't get so caught up on being, uh, well, why you ain't let me see your family? Because, because if you come real hard on him like that, you will suffocate him from being open to communicate why he doesn't want to, because just because he met your family, he hasn't, you haven't met his, uh, who, who gives the rules on that? And so I would have a conversation with him to say, okay, in a gentle way, 
in a, in a respectful way, you know, why haven't we met your family yet? And then be be considerate of what he has to say, especially if you know that he's a good man. Now, first of all, just because he's a good man, you got to make sure he's God's man. Just because he's a good man doesn't mean you should make plans with this good man. You only should be making plans with God's man. So, it, so either way, if you're making plans with a good man, you're not going to have God's grace for that good man. God's grace is going to be significant or sufficient. We talk about not for salvation, but for this union is only going to be sufficient for something that's his. See, the perfect will of God is where you get the perfect amount of grace for. Permissible will, you're going to be graceful, but it's going to be a lot of mind renewal, restructuring, re-altering, all that kind of stuff. So you got to make sure this is God's man before you develop a, 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 a plan. Because if this is God's man, then God would give you supernatural grace to be able to wait patiently for that thing to occur. But frustration only builds when you want to further something that the father never gave you um, clearance to have or do or execute on. Hope to help. Sophia Jane says, hey, Josh, faithful supporter from UK. Thank you so much for watching the UK, Sophia. It's 8 p.m. here, man. Y'all out. Y'all in the future. Glad you're glad for your videos. Been watching you for years now. Blessing you, blessings to you all too. Thank y'all so much. And we'll take a little brief break here. We have about 40 people here, and I want to make sure everyone knows that I have this available to them. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching and you need help or support with your relationship, spiritual development, singleness, how to maximize it, purpose, etc., and branding, um, make sure you contact me. I'll post the links right now in the, in the comment section. Uh, for you to be able to to book book your coaching session with me now, it is July, and and I'm and, and I'm trying to make room for July and August for some people, but I go back to work August first now, and so I'm trying to make sure that everyone gets opportunity to get some coaching this summer, and I'm only going to bring maybe a good two handfuls of people with me into the fall, maybe a handful, ten sounds a lot, maybe five to seven people with me into the next uh where am I um uh, season. Cause when baby Ezzy come ain't but so much I can do, you know, that, that she's a part, then she will be a part. The child will be a part of my first ministry. And then, you know, second ministry, cause my first ministry is unto the Lord. Then my second ministry is unto myself. And my third ministry is to my family. And the fourth ministry is unto thee. Hi, Josh. or oh, hi coach. What's your take on interdenominational different churches, dating and marriage. Okay. Oh, okay. Interdenominational, different churches and dating and marriage. Okay. What are you, what are you taking into interdenominational? Okay. Hey man, um, churches are churches and I, I measure the church by what the, how the word of God measures the church. I look at the man, I look at the man's family. I look at, uh, how that man or that minister functions in the church. And I look at, um, um, first of all, I just ask if that's where God wants me to be. If God wants me to be there, that is what it is. God wants me to be there no matter what. God has a reason for me to be there. Um, then you begin to be led by the Holy Spirit on how much you get involved with the community. And, and then make sure you have a clear understanding uh, of the difference between a pastor and God. Make sure that you don't make God out of a pastor and, and, all, and such. Um, but what is my take on dating and marriage? I think that dating is a lifelong thing. You date, you, you make dates, you set a date and you set out time to better understand it, to better fellowship with your significant other. And dating is essential um, for the sustainability of marriage, not the dating culture that we have now. We're talking about dating in regards to the concept of taking a date and time to intertwine even more with your with your uh, uh, significant other. Um, but in regards to marriage, I think um, uh, marriage is 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 more is becomes beneficial to both people when they become one under the oneness of God. And I think when that happens, then a marriage can thrive and grow because each person is connected to God, and God is creating a resource out of them to be able to resource the other uh, while they both are anchored in God as a source. That's my quick take on that because there was nothing in the question that really gave me directional exactly how to expound. Uh, Marino says, been praying for a new job and God's holding back because of my diet. I believe my diet is putting me in shame and destruction. And I'm just trying to feel, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, just feel confused about not getting moved forward. Well, don't feel bad. Become glad that you have understanding on what you need to do. Listen, we don't know exactly why God is holding it back because if you start making it uh, a one thing, if you begin to say, well, I'm being held back because of this, 
then what happens when you get that together? And then now you're disappointed in God because you thought this is what God was thinking. The Bible says his ways are not our, not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. So we don't even know what the real reason why God is. Now, if God has revealed to you that this is the, the, the contributing factor to why you're not moving forward, then aggressively attack it. Don't feel bad about it. Get disciplined and say, you know what? Hey, I'm just going to stop eating this. I'm going to stop living like this. I'm going to get myself together so I can give God a vessel for his vision. So you have to understand the vessel has to match the vision or the vessel won't see the vision. See, when, when Moses did not uh, uh, adhere to the vision, he wasn't able to, to enter the vision because the vessel went its own on his own mission. So when your mission matches his vision, then the vessel will begin to be uh, 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 envisioned and or envisioned with the thing that God has a vision for. And so that's what you got to do with your vessel. Get your body together, get your body in shape, get things in order, get your house in order, get your mind in order, get your body in order. And then, then things will order themselves out. And so don't allow this, this victimization. I'm not saying you're doing it, but don't allow your mind to get caught up in, oh, well, woe is me. I don't know if I just get to work. I had to do it. And so the reason why I'm talking with this kind of tone, because I had to do it. I had to say, listen, I'm tired of being big. <laughs> you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of all these different feelings. I'm tired. I guess I'm, I'm living life from rest. I'm not living life from stress because stress only opens the door for me to fall into different types of traps, especially eating wise. And so when you make that decision and you begin to go forward and then begin to eat the fruit of it, then you will be really surprised on what doors open, all kind of doors that open, not just a job door. But no matter what, where you are, you blossom, you blossom. Because it could be that God's not bringing you to a new job because if you, if you don't have a good attitude where you don't want to be, then you're definitely not going to have a good attitude where you want to be because no matter where you go to life, there's going to be something that's going to annoy you or get on your nerves. Hey, how you doing? I don't want to mess your name up, but it's good to have you. Thank you for being. Thank you for saying hello. Young and New says, what sta uh, standards should I have for a wife? Do women raise... Do women raise to the standards I set? How high should the standards be? Great question. Well, the standards have to be biblical. You don't want to have self-seeking, selfish standards. You want to have scriptural standards because scriptural standards are the baseline standards. And so the standards you should have in a woman is the standards that the scripture says for a woman. The standards you should have should be all biblical is what I'm saying. But you should not give a woman standards or develop standards in your mind that you don't live in your life. Never create standards for someone else that you're not living. If you want this out of a woman, you have to become that man for that woman. As simple as that. And a lot of men, a lot of women begin, begin to create these false ideals and these false standards that they're not even standing on. Do not set standards on someone's life that you're not standing on. If, if those standards are not what you're standing on, then you should even take time to try to find someone in the moment. So how high should your standards be is how high the biblical standards are. That you want a woman that loves God more than you. You want a woman that fears God, therefore she'll walk wisely. You want a woman that 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 loves you unconditionally. You want a woman who is whose faith is in God. You want a woman um, who who is sound scripturally. You want a woman who is tender. A woman who's not contentious. You want a woman um, um, who can who can uh, make a home and 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 and, no, and has understanding. There's a lot of different things, all from scriptures. Read Proverbs 31 and read other verses, read different things, but don't get so caught up on reading those things and setting those things when you're not reading yourself and allowing those things to be read in you and set in you. Never establish or develop standards for someone that you're not standing on. And so what I would do is let God take care of the woman and let God take care of you and don't think too much about standards. Just focus on the standards you're standing on and then we'll see if y'all the same height later on. Hope that helps. Didi says, uh, I want to get therapy, but I'm experiencing pushback. What else can I do? Thanks, coach. Um, therapy? Um, what I will say is this is that sometimes we overcomplicate the simplicity of the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit and that, you know, he's our therapist. Um, and, and if he wants to bring other people to, to get involved because he sees fit, that's between him and you. 
But I think we have made therapy into an idol. And I think we've been making therapy our go-to place versus going to the, the Theo, the Theos, the, the God, the divine Godhead, and learning how to do that because that seems more difficult. I'd rather go to a person to tell me what I want to hear or to push me towards whatever. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it becomes wrong when it supersedes the right way. And so what I would do is it depends on what you need therapy for. And I don't I don't disagree with seeking counseling and seeking support, but 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 we have to make sure that we go to our true support and to make sure we understand who our true source is and then begin to engage and develop him. Right. Develop with him. Um, so in the meantime, what I would do is some things is common sense, man. Some things is common sense. I want you to write on a sheet of paper all the things that you think you need therapy for. Then I want you to go to the scriptures to find out what the scripture says about that particular thing. Then I want you to look at your life and say, okay, what habits is corresponding with scripture or not corresponding with scripture? Um, how often do I spend time with God? How often do I fellowship with God? How often do I implement spiritual disciplines? How much is me as carnal? Am I even truly saved? See, those different contributing factors, because it doesn't matter how much you go to therapy, if you haven't went to the therapist, the one that's able to save your soul, then you're not going to be ever behold. They can give you a bunch of rules and give you a bunch of tools and give you a bunch of um, things to do. But if you if, if you haven't received what has been done for you in the saving work of Christ and that sanctification is developing in your life, then you're going to constantly have it be in this thing like a revolving door or a merry-go-round. So we have to make sure that we don't be making extreme cases out of things that is due to lack of discipline or due to a lack of devotion. Hope to help. Maybe time for two more and I got to go. Uh, PTL says, I'm speaking for a friend. Someone worked 26 years at a company and receives no respect. Very toxic. Should they stay or leave? They should just go where God wants them. Everything boils down to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I will tell that person, what has God said? Now, some things you don't need God to say. You know what I'm saying? And, and some people just get stuck out of loyalty. And some things people don't need. If you're being abused, if you're being misused, if you're being disrespected, God ain't going to put you, God ain't going to allow you to be in a situation like that. But if it's little pity pat things, then you got to see if that's what God would do. But any place that you abuse mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, whatever, get up out of there. They don't need God. You don't need God to tell you nothing about whether you should go or stay. But if it's a company that's just not, that's showing no respect and it's very toxic, then he, then there's nothing wrong with that individual seeking more options to see what's out there, but ultimately being led by the spirit of God. God's girl, my cousin says, hey, cousin, I kind of know the answer, but want your input. If God puts you on an assignment to pray for someone, how do you know when to stop? As far as praying for them, when you get the release, it's, I, I'll, I'll go by the release. Soon as I feel the release to let that person go, I let that person go in prayer. I go by my fellowship with God, with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and if you pray long for a person, and whatever, and 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 you just feel like ah, I don't think I should do this anymore. Then I won't do it anymore. Um. And so the assignment, all assignments have a time time limit. There's not an assignment that's that's forever. You know what I'm saying? There's different types of assignments, and each, each assignment has a time frame. And from that time frame, you determine from the same thing, the same place, which is the Holy Ghost, on what you should do. Hope to help. Um. Let's see here. Junior says, hey, coach, Junior from Lake uh, Lake Worth, Florida. Good to see you, family. I've been having the desire about going on a retreat and getting closer to God. Can you tell me more about it? What is God trying to tell me? Well, usually anytime you begin to sense that, God just wants you to wants to bring you to himself. And, and, and sometimes you don't have to go far to get near. You can be in your home, in your room, and get closer to God. Now, if God is leading you away, it could be that environment is not conducive at the moment for what God wants to share with you. And God may be trying to get you into a, a more rested and still place. But God is wanting to reveal himself more to you. And God wants to reveal you more to yourself. And so usually when God begins to have, it starts with desire. He'll give that, that this out of nowhere divine desire to be closer to him. And then you just begin to just walk, say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Where do you want me to go? And what you do now is um, start studying the attributes of God. If you want to get close to closer to God, get to know him personally. 
get to know his attributes, get to know the, his ways, get to know who he is. So I would start with the love of God, the attribute of the love of God. Um, the next attribute I may study is the immutability of God. The next attribute I may study about God is the omnis, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. Then after that, maybe you study the self-sufficiency of God, the more you and the sovereignty of God. And when you begin to start studying that, and, and you begin to see how it connects to, to you, then you will begin to see the relationship that you and God, you and God should have and develop from there. I hope they help. Aaron Hopkins says, what was it like when you knew your wife was God's will, but you had to get the practical, practical things in order? I want to make sure I'm being practical, but not limiting God because of the cost of marriage isn't cheap. Marriage is not cheap, but, but marriage is not just your only... Uh, 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 the, the, you don't have to worry about you being a sole source to funding it, right? Because every marriage has to rely on God. It can't be, it can't be anchored in money. It can't be anchored in careers. It has to be anchored in God. And that releases the pressure off the man. The man does what he can and gives the rest and puts the rest in God's hands. The man does what he can and makes sure that he can do enough to make sure that all bills can be sustained. So when your wife gets pregnant and your wife starts having children, that she has the opportunity and the liberty to choose to work or not work. That's the responsibility of the man. So if the woman decides, hey, I don't want to work, the man has developed enough in his repertoire and in regards to being able to bring money near or far so that he'll be able to make sure that she feels able to do what she needs to do because of how she had to carry a baby for nine months and because of the responsibility of being a mother and the desires of a mother. See, we men, we can work 14, 15 hours a day and be okay. Women weren't meant to do that. Not saying women can't work. We're talking about women were supposed to be working 15, 20 hours, part-time jobs and stuff like that. Men were meant to, men were was built to work. And we can work long hours, come home and take a five-hour nap, a four-hour sleep, a three-hour nap and be right back at it because we were created like that. We were built for that, right? And so when you understand marriage is not cheap, then now you start seeing the validity and the value of your singleness. And then you can start creating those different revenue streams that will keep your marriage boat afloat that God created through you, right? And so what was it like when you knew God was a new, so knew that your wife was God's will for you, but you had to get things in order? For me, in the beginning, to be honest, when I first really got that revelation, it was kind of nerve wracking because my faith now was different than, because I know my wife for eight or nine years. So so the faith level back then was a little bit shaky because it was all new. But the more I began to get to know God, no matter how new things became, I always felt settled in my spirit because I know I didn't have to do it all in my own strength. But I still need to operate in wisdom, though. And so the practical things a man has to do is this. Number one, he got to say, OK, what are what is my financial capacity? What is my finance financial and creative capacity? We're talking about single men. Creative and financial capacity. What is my capacity creatively? Because when you begin to get creative, then you'll start creating revenue streams because the Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That the word of God says he'll give you give us witty inventions. He'll give us witty things. Do you know that the world was not meant to be the leaders of innovation that the church was? But the church is so caught up in being church, they don't even know how to be culturally impactors. They focus on worshiping their pastors than being cultural impactors. And that's where we lost the, 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 the lead of these different things. So now we became the tail and not the head. We became underneath instead of above only. So now when you become the tail, then you're following hell. No, we're supposed to be the head living, leading people out of hell. We're supposed to be innovators of fashion. We're supposed to be innovators of music. We're supposed to be the innovators of film. We're supposed to be the innovators of, of business. We're supposed to be the ones because we got God. But when we rather settle for churchiness versus the Christ, we will find ourselves not having the full capacity to be creative. So every man has to find their creative capacity about God. What am I gifted at? And how can I develop this gift so this gift can make room for me and not just me, but everyone connected to me, including my wife and children? So what is your financial and creative capacity? Number two, you got to start looking at your character. How's my character? Do I have the right character to keep my wife at peace always? Do I have the character to keep my family stable always? Who, what, who am I when no one sees? Who am I in the dark? Don't measure yourself as a man about who you are in light. Measure yourself as a man when no one's watching. That's who you really are. See, cameras lie. Mirrors don't. 
Every picture we take with a camera can lie. I could post a picture of my family on Instagram right now and it will look amazing, but it could be a lie. The mirror tells the truth. Pictures tell a lie. And so a lot of people post a bunch of pictures and their life looks great. But when they look at that, the one thing, the one place that always tell you the truth is that bathroom mirror. And when you look at that bathroom mirror and you look at that man in the mirror, you got to say what character is in that man. So you got to get your character in order. You got to get your connection with God in order. Start it in order. You got to get your connection with God in order, number one. Then you got to get your character in order, number two. Then you got to determine your creative capacity, number three. And then you got to start making necessary changes in your life. So those are the practical things real quickly that a man needs to do to, to ensure that he can pay the cost to be the boss. That he can pay the cost to be the husband. And right now you're sitting on some gold, my brother. There's a lot of gold in you. There's a lot of gold in everybody listening right now. We just ain't take time to dig. Because on top of all that gold is a bunch of stuff that people threw on top of it, that we threw on top of it, and we feel condemned as if we're not able to, to be that person we need to be. And God's like, that, ain't, that is so far from the truth. And so you got you to gotta check your connection with God. You got to get closer to him like never before as a man, because I promise you, your faith, your, your family's faith is to a degree connected to your faith. Right. If, if my faith is shaky, my wife is going to be shaky. So you got to get your connection with God solid. You got to have them four bar connection with God. You got to get that four bar. You got to get the father, the son, the Holy Ghost in you. Y'all got to have the four bars all high so that y'all can be fully connected. Everybody's connected. You, you, you're fully connected. And, and from that connection, then you'll get close and that closeness and develops faith. And then you'll believe that you'll stand in front of anything and be able to give your wife peace, knowing that God will provide. Then you got to get your character in order. Make sure you start developing that Christ like character and then tap into that creative cash flow capacity so that you can begin to start establishing those streams now. Like right now, my books is a stream. My videos are a stream. My businesses are a stream. Um, my, my speaking is a stream. I have multiple different streams. Each book is a stream. So that's 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 streams that God allowed me to develop. And then those streams will continue to, to, to water the fields of my family for years to come. Those things to think about. Thank you, Christine, for watching. We appreciate you. Josh, if you can't handle being by yourself, you can't handle being by her side. That's real. Okay, we already got that cousin. Okay, we, okay, how do you know? Okay. Two more and I'm done. Kira says, and we got 47 people. I just want like anybody who knew who died. I'm trying to make as much time available for those who want coaching. If you need one-on-one coaching, you need help with your relationships, your spiritual development, maximizing your singleness, discovering, developing, distributing your purpose, branding, marketing, or you just need advice. You need to talk to someone. Go ahead and just hit that link in the comment section if you need one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. And I'll uh, customize the coach that's for you. And for those who haven't, got, who haven't gotten to, give me some time. I'll make sure I get to you guys um, soon. But get I'm trying to make time. I have a whole month of July, except for one week I'm going on vacation. And I have a whole month of August. And I want to make sure that I serve you all. So get in there now. So that we can, uh, so you can get up, get me on the phone and see how the Holy Spirit will, will, will love to use me to help you. Uh, Kira says, how do you move past the shame of being admitted to a mental hospital? I have trouble believing God is helping me. Well, the trouble begins with the belief. You only go as far as your belief. God is not the reason for your, for your uh, mental trouble. There's something that may have happened when you was vulnerable or when you was in, in your formative years that contributed to you to being unstable mentally. But the mind is something that can be renewed, right? So you don't have to worry about your mind being rewind and having to go back to these unnecessary traumas mentally. You can now start breaking onto what God wants to do in developing you. So the shame is what a devil is playing the game. The shame is where he's playing the game because with Christ, there's no shame or condemnation with those who are in Christ Jesus. No shame or condemnation. So if you feel shamed, then what game are you in? The game is being played to make you feel ashamed of what happened or to make you feel shame because of what happened and then believe that, that God is not there to help you. It all boils down to changing your perspectives. Who cares if you've been admitted to a mental hospital? That's your past. Who is Kiara now? Who is God developing Kiara to be? That's what you got to focus on. Don't worry about the past. The past is past, but the past don't pass if you keep your past present. And so you have to start thinking in the now and be, okay, how can I get keep my mind sharp? How can I keep my mind renewed? How can I change my perspective? Number one, you got to change your perspective knowing that God does not give you shame. God does not give shame or condemnation. So now you got to start getting yourself mentally uh, uh, um, 
um, an understanding of God's character. Because when you know who he is, you'll know that who you will then you'll know what's from him or not. And God is helping you, but you have to ask yourself what is hindering the help? Because we have free will. Our free will can hinder the help. God wished above all that all men are saved, but not all men to be saved. Even Jesus went to his hometown and only healed a few sick people, but the rest because of their belief. The devil will keep you where you are by keeping your belief in God far. Well, I don't believe that he's able to, the devil can keep playing that shame game with you all the time. But when you begin to find out God and who he is, that's the number one thing the devil is after is the character of God. If I can change the character of God, then I can determine how close you are to God. If I can cause you to think that God has poor character, then you will be uh, uh, far away from him. But when you begin to see God for who he really is, and you begin to see that he is a loving, caring, present God, then you won't even be so caught up um, and, and it's these mind games of shame. So start studying the attributes of God. Start with the love of God first. Just type in Google the attribute God, the uh, the attribute of love, God's attribute of love, and then start doing a deep study there. Okay, we already got you, uh, Liz Marie. We got you. Um, name pronounced chari charisma. That's right. You told me that before. Charisma says, hi, Coach Josh. Why do some people say they observe the Sabbath that, sorry, why do some people say that observing the Sabbath is optional and others say that it's commandment, so we must keep it? Where is scripture that says it's optional? We have to look at the fulfillment of the law. Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. And so he became our rest, right? So when it comes to the Sabbath, the Bible says the man wasn't made for the Sabbath, meaning the man wasn't made for the rules that was put on or added to by the Pharisees and them. The, the man wasn't made for the Sabbath for the Sabbath law. Sabbath was made for the man. The Sabbath was created way when God created. Six days God created, one day he rests. God leads by example. But he's not trying to make law out of his example. He's just showing the benefit of the example. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's not saying let this be a law over you that you lose sight and freedom and you're constrained and, and you start feeling guilt and shame if you lift up a piece of paper on a Saturday or a Friday night, right? But what he's saying is, <clears throat> look at my example. The whole order of the commandments, the Ten Commandments and, and, and what God sh shows in his character is for benefit, not for a uh, 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 detriment. It wasn't meant to be a burden. It was meant to show the blessing, where the blessing is. And so when people try to keep the Sabbath, they're working in works righteousness to a degree. They're saying that I'm doing this so that I can stay in alignment with God and therefore I'll be blessed. But it's, that's not the gospel. What Jesus did keeps me in alignment. Now I have freedom in Christ. And that freedom, that freedom is only determined from my fellowship and my familiarity of who God is. And then that was that's where my freedom floods to. But freedom is not, oh, well, I'm free in Christ and I get to do anything with my life. No, my freedom is based upon my relationship. I am free as a husband with my wife, but my freedom better not happen with another woman. My free, Just because I'm free to go outside his house doesn't mean I'm meant to go find another spouse or be in someone else's house. I am free. What I mean by free, hear me closely, is that I'm not bound by some legal law that if I cheat on my wife, don't get me wrong, there's consequences with that. But what I'm saying is, my freedom should be out of my fellowship with her. Because if my freedom is from my fellowship with her, it doesn't matter what girl in the skirt passed by, my freedom won't leave. My fellowship with her will not allow me to be free beyond the wheel, if that makes sense. Hmm. Hope that helped. So we are free in Christ to rest in Christ. He became our rest. And so now when we see, I think it's wise to have a day of rest, it's just wisdom. But it's not something that we should do because of legalities or we're going to go to hell or something like that. Hope to help. West Coast Cal says, do you guys have baby registry link via Amazon Target or someplace we can purchase select? Oh, you know what? We got to work on that, man. Y'all love us so much and we appreciate it. We'll figure that out. I'll talk to my wife about that. I think she's online right now. There she go. Amen. I don't know if she's still here, but we'll get a registry out. I think, I think if that's what she wants to do. Listen. I channel everything to the through the one that's holding that's carrying the baby. You know what I'm saying? So if she say yay, we yay. If she say no, then we don't go. 
but I'm pretty sure uh, we'll see. Um, God's going to say, Josh, you broke that Sabbath thing down. Praise God gets the glory. I think people just get so caught up in they they love they start idolizing structure so much that they forget about the freedom in Christ. Then I think I said I had two more to go, but Didi says, Do you help people work through family stuff? I sure do. Family stuff. If you have young people that you need me to mentor, just talk to sons, daughters. Um, and I talk, only talk to daughters when you know, I talk to always talk to kids with the parents there. So make sure we have that situated. But um, yeah, most definitely. I help with everything, man. Um, and if I can't help you with it, now I'll let you know in the email. But book your sessions now. If you need help with, with family or self issues, I got you. The vessel has to meet the vision. That's real. That's real. Josh. Uh, do not set standards you are not w walking on. That is real. The Holy Spirit said, the stuff that comes out of my mouth, I'm like, man, bro, that's good. Don't, what I say? Do not set standards you are not standing on. That is powerful, Holy Ghost. Amen. Reach out, says amen. Didi says, coach, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Bless you too. Kimi says, yes. My wife says, amen. Amen. Repent and be saved. Right? That's right. Jesus Christ is on the way. Get right. Well, you all, Christ makes you right, but stay in the light. Akeem says, hey, coach, blessings. Got my confirmation after the two weeks. <laughs> Let me know what happened, brother. I would love to hear it. Uh, Monique says, amen. CT says, hey, coach, not being able to stop talking to an ex and feel like I lost a lot without him. Is this a soul tie I need to get delivered from? Um, there is a soul tie. There is some level of connection because you you've in, you made investments. Wherever you make investments, you're going to have connections. Right. And so if you're not able to in your own strength, then it's a soul connection, it's a soul tie, it's a tie that you have emotionally, mentally, whatever. Now you got to self uh, deconstruct each area to better understand. I have a book for you if you haven't got it already. It's this book right here, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. This book has deliverance prayers in them. These books have a great resource in them to help you better understand what a soul tie is and how to untie from them and uproot those strongholds. I didn't see a question in there. Um, let me see, uh, him, is this a soul tie I need to get left? Most definitely. And deliverance begins with devotion. Deliverance begins with, with the reason why a decision needs to be made. And, and, and the soul tie may not even be the, the person you tie to. It could be something that severed a tie years ago. It could be a father issue. It could be a mama issue. It can be a sibling issue. It could be something that, because if you try to trim the branch, but never tr uh, take care of the root, then you still won't have no fruit. Hope to help. Junior says, how do I book a session? Hit this link right here, brother. I'll post the link right now. It's under life coaching. Hit that link, custom coaching tab, and then you'll see options, and then you'll type, let me know your budget, and I'll customize a, section, a session for you. You're so welcome, CT. You're so welcome. My brother said, it's a go. She the one. Go for it, my brother. Enjoy the woman that God has blessed you with, family. I'm happy that you found out. Glad that you guys did that and was able to receive an answer from the Lord. Uh, let's see. Did I skip anybody? Uh, okay, here we go. Crystal. Oh, Chris says, Lord knows I need coaching. Crystal, let me know. I got you, Crystal. I'm here to serve you. Crystal, go ahead and book a session. Y'all get it in there now. I'm going to the beach third week in this, in, in this month. I have three solid weeks of July and four uh, solid weeks in August. And I'll see if I do September. But y'all better hurry up, man. New folks better hurry up, man. These old people, man. These old, these current people, they keep booking now. Crystal says, what do you think about psychology and God's will? Most people say leave someone who's not treating you right, but then God will call someone to stay for their sake, even though it's challenging thoughts versus, uh, um, the Bible talks about if one person, and I don't know the verse, the chapter and verse, but just kind of hear the words that I'm saying and kind of kind of look at the scripture based upon the words. If one person in the household is saved, the whole household could be saved. That's a verse. But everything boils down to the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? The Bible says that he divorce was never meant by God, but God made way of a divorce because of the hardness of man's heart, men or women's heart. And so um, um, when it comes to psychology, um, psychology has to be rooted in theology so you can have proper psychology. 
because theology will then give you the psychological angles to be able to use through kindness to cause a fallen person head or to utilize different angles to be able to be used by God to kind of help shift the culture in the home and potentially shift that person that's in your home, right? And so if a person's not treating you right and they're sexually abusive and they're physically abusive, then you call, you get up out of there, fam. Put hands on, if they put hands on you or, or, or they got their hands on someone else, <laughs> Then that door was open. Now, um, now be led by the spirit of God. Now, listen, I'm gonna just keep my stance on that. If someone hits you and they're physically abusive and they're aggressive, I think you should get up out of there. Scripture does make it very clear that if someone is being sexually abusive, you get up out of there. But but some things I, um is is now I'm not adding to scripture. Please hear me when I'm saying this. I'm not adding that. But 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 there I, I don't want to make a broad statement, a statement that makes it that makes it seem like it's clear to stay with someone. That's physically abusive. Um, but they're, if they're physically abusive, then you got to get up out there verbally, emotionally, all that kind of stuff. Maybe the little uh, moderate levels, then that's when you call separation and y'all be separated and y'all do what we got to do. But other stuff, physical, verbal abuse, like stuff like that, get up out of there, man. Sexual stuff, get up out of there. Um, but please channel everything I say through the Holy Spirit, man. Um, we're talking besides sexual stuff. Uh, but even that stuff can be... Even that stuff can be redeemed by God. But what I'm saying is, if God is, if the man's heart is hard and you know that God is like, get up out. If God says, get up out of there, get up out of there. I'm going to keep it there. You're so welcome, Charisma. Thanks. I appreciate the info on the Sabbath. You're so welcome. You're so welcome, Kier. Dante Styles says, how's it going, coach? All's well. I can't complain. I complained in my heart about my condition and I allowed it to drive me to drink last night. I sprained my ankle and now realizing how much I took for granted. It happens, man. Learn from it. Earn from it. Don't burn from it. We all make mistakes, family. We all make decisions and those decisions then create other decisions that may cause pain, but pain is temporary if you allow it. Uh, And if you took something for granted, Ask God to grant you more access, but with a with a greater version of yourself. And if you if God doesn't grant you access, just be focused on what God is going to grant access to you down the road. And so, no matter what your condition is, the conditions can change. Uh, if it's a physical condition, usually physical conditions to a degree determined depending on what it is can be changed. If you change a mental condition, emotional condition, spiritual condition. Um, and so, but don't don't start fall don't don't allow a fall in a natural to cause you to fall down spirally emotionally. Don't allow that to happen, fam. I just wanted to say thank you for walking in your purpose. God gets the glory, fam. It's an honor. I hope this is inspiring you to follow God and walk with God, all of you all, to stay connected with him. Uh, Actually, how can I appreciate my humble blessings? Realizing that no matter how little it is, it's big to God. You know, some, some of the best gifts are the little sentimental ones. If you can see the sentimental in the little, then you'll begin to see how big it really is and how God just really just say, hey, Humble beginnings are the best of the best seasons because that's when you really begin to develop. Hum, the Bible said, don't despise the days of small beginnings because small beginnings leads to big endings and big middles. And so if you despise small beginnings, you'll never get to why that beginning was began. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I agree. Being Holy Ghost led is so important because every, every situation is different. A lot of nuances, a lot of little, these little different things. You're so welcome, CT. Vimby says, nice catching you randomly here. We're glad to have you. How do you get back to a place of faith after facing so much doubt, especially with what's going on in the world? The world has nothing to do with heaven. Heaven in the world is different. God and the God's world is different. Heaven is great right now. And everyone who's connected to heaven is connected to God will be greatly supplied with joy, will be greatly supplied with peace, will be greatly supplied with love to rise above no matter what's going on in this world. So you get back in the place of faith by fixing your eyes on Christ, fixing your eyes on where the source of your life comes from. And just because, listen, I'm not concerned about the world, what's happening in the world. God still is providing. The Bible says, I have not seen a righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Those things were just not Old Testament, Old Testament terms. Those things for the terms for the new covenant, if not more. 
I, listen, he's our daily bread. He provides. The best way to face new days in faith is to start it with gratitude. What can you be thankful for right now? What are you thankful for right now? Right? And you got to separate what's going on in the world from what's going on with God. The, our hearts begin to get in trouble, not in trouble, but our hearts become troubled to end up getting us in trouble when we don't treasure God. When we begin to treasure God and begin to understand the timing and the times, then then and, and we and he's our hope and knowing that he's coming soon, then we will have joy anticipating his arrival. And then while we anticipate his arrival, we can then fight against his rival or his, not his rival because God don't have no rivals, you know, but the rival to this kingdom. And then we'll begin to be so focused on our purpose that we'll lose sight on what's happening in the world. The world state has nothing to do with the kingdom folk. The only way the world affects the kingdom is when the kingdom people allow the world to get into their heart. That's when they get torn apart because the world is falling apart. But that's why your hope can't be in money. Your hope cannot be in, in honey or in love. It can't be any of these those, those things. It has to be in God who's above so that you will be able to rise above the turbulent seas that you may see. Amen. God gets the glory. Sydney is, a, uh, is an alleged Christian, by the way. Oh, my bad. Sorry, I skipped out and <laughs> went to the bottom. We love you too. Vincent said, does your purpose of singleness cover the multiple sources of income? It does. I think I have, a, oh, it's right here. Now, the I am, I should be doing a part two. Let me see if I got it in here. I wrote this book in 2000 and, uh, let me see. I think I talk about the income in here. I do talk about revenue streams in there. Um, the benefits of arresting man, page 57. Policies and procedure 75. Um, God demands hard work. So, so there's some there's some parts in that I think may cover some of those things, but I do think that I did cover some of that in that book as well. So I definitely would check that book out um to help you brothers out. True vintage art. Oh man, it's, I'm at the one hour mark. I gotta see what I gotta do. I gotta see if we got coaching sessions because we got new people coming in. Off topic, do you think Sydney McLogan is uh, juicing, she's winning way too much, and Sydney's alleged. I don't even know who Sydney is. I, I'm so sorry, my friend. I can't even tell you. Is juicing, she's winning way too much. Oh, juicing like steroids, man. These people, you never know what these people taking, bro. You never know what these people taking, bro. But you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't concern myself too much about that. Um, and even if you're up against people who are doing cheating things, man, no one can cheat God, bro, and his people of God. Uh, West Coast Cal says, which book is it to help process and understand feelings? Oh, yeah, this book right here, Facts Over Feelings. This is the book that helps you process your feelings and understand your feelings. Great book right here. My latest book that I've, I've, I've written so far. Now, I've written nine books, so we have a lot of great books and a lot of different topics I think would be, be a blessing to you all. Don says, thank you so much. Praise God, man. That really brought peace to my God gets the glory, fam. I'm glad that it did. Kia Frank says, wow, realizing that I haven't been treasuring God, man, my fundamentals aren't as strong. Listen, sometimes God brings you down certain paths just to reveal to you that you are not as spiritually strong as you think you are. Man, that's so true to every believer. He will take you down paths to reveal to you that you are not as strong as you thought you are, that you think you are. And that, that's humbling and helpful. That God is so gracious to reveal ourselves to us so that we won't be thinking more highly we ought to think in our spirit. Fundamentals are important. Every athlete, every practice still do the fundamentals. Before they start getting to the flashy or the fancy, before they get to all the extra, they get back to the fundamentals. Dribble with the right hand for a few minutes. Dribble with the left. Because the fundamentals starts to keep things tight. Fundamentals keep things tight. So when you are in a situation, I'm hooping now, you're able to get around because the fundamentals are tight. So you, you cannot skip fundamentals daily. You do the fundamentals as often as you can so that things can stay tight and right when you're in the fight. Cindy says, how should a mom pray about her sons that they are in the in the, that are in their early 20s that are now confused about the word of God? Listen to too many different doctrines. Prayer. Prayer. Prayer beats pressure. Keep your peace. Stay in prayer. And watch God bring them and turn them around. I'm telling you, because there's nothing you can do right now because they have free will and they have their own heart. 
The only way that you can even be used as a beacon to be able to be helped them shift is through prayer. Pray for them and pray for them. Fight hard for them in private in prayer. Pray for them strong in prayer and be tender when they're in your face. Don't even mention the doctrines. Don't even mention anything. Just feed them and love on them. And that's all we're required to do in face to face. And then if they ask about the hope that's in you, then you tenderly give them grace and truth. The Bible says with grace and truth. It didn't say truth and grace. Grace has to come before truth. Because if if, if you don't give truth a tender place to sit, those people are going to quit. Or they're not going to think it's legit. Grace, love, hugs, food, chicken and dumplings, cornbread, greens, baked chicken, fried chicken. Love on them. But in, in that private, you war for their soul. That's the best of us again. Uh, Ms. Blount, now are you the one I'm supposed to be coaching soon? Just bought three books. Thank you so much for your support. I think we, I think I was talking to you today about coaching, but you, okay, yeah, I ain't gonna put you busy. All right, thank you for your support. I appreciate you. Last one, this is the last one we got. Do you have a fundamental regimen on or or video? You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, let me write that down. The fundamentals. I got a video coming out today. What am I, what I do? Uh, uh, second half, just have to figure my schedule. Hold on, fundamentals, fundamental regiments. I got you. I'll work on a video on that so I can give y'all a worksheet on that. See, see, y'all was like, I know his heart is so tender towards us that even though he says this is it, I'm still gonna put a question in and and whatnot and see what he does. Rich say, yep, just just let me know whenever you're ready, Rachel. Reichel, Miss Blount, Blunt, you'll let me know when we talk. What you how you say your name? But yeah, whenever you're ready, I'm here, here to help you. Oh man, y'all just keep them coming again, huh? Don't you? Tier says, "I would like prayer, please." See, you can't turn away people that want prayer. I'm trying to walk more in my purpose. Let me cut this fan off. I'm trying to walk more in my purpose. My challenges have been patience, balance, loneliness. Let's pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for Miss Millings. Father God, we thank you that peace is a past all understanding, Lord, that you'll help her with her patience, balance, and being lonely. Let her know that you are present help in a time of trouble. Let her know that you are near. Let her know that you are her father and that you're that you're developing her into the wife that she needs to be for her husband. Let her not get weary and well-doing for in due season she'll reap if she faint not. I thank you, Father God, that right now, even as we're praying, as tears may be flowing in her eyes, that you will strengthen her and keep her eyes towards you. And that, that she will begin to find hope and strength to face tomorrow and to face today and to face every day, knowing that you are her support, her supply, and her source. And we thank you for it, Father God, that that, that your, your every day will be a day of purpose for her, that you will reveal. Uh, uh, and help heal and, and reveal to her now anything that may be contradictory to her purpose, Father God, that she'll begin to walk faithfully in you. Is going to pray, Amen. She says, "I'm feeling heavily connected to my Father, and it's been amazing and powerful. I'm humbled and grateful, but I get tired too. We all do, even I do. We get tired, but we can't get weary and well doing. And we know that if we do the dues, our due season will come soon, and and we'll reap if we faint not. And so we all get weary, but that's why we rest. When you get weary, rest." You don't got to you don't got to force purpose. You got to flow purpose. And I've learned that when I get tired, I just rest. Because I'm no good if I'm not my best. Elizabeth says, "How do you have a heart of gratitude at all times and seasons?" Examples. Gratitude as long as heaven's good, I'm good. My gratitude stems from how God has been good to me. And and there's a book, there's a part in my book Facts with Feelings that talks about just in case you just get join us. There's a part of my book, Facts Village, where you track God's that when you track God's track record. And when you begin to see how good God has been to you, you don't focus on what's happening on around you, right? And so, for example, uh uh the the uh uh gas prices, God fills up my tank, God supplies all my needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't have to worry about anything, He is my supply, He is my source. And that's just how you stay gratitude, knowing that this too shall pass. And even if it doesn't pass, God is still not affected by this. Heaven is still able to provide. And that's what keeps you having gratitude on the inside. Sin says, amen, I will. Thank you. All right, that's it. That's everybody. Right, I'm stopping there. Because y'all, uh, except for uh, Jalen. Jalen's our last one, guys. Nigga says, once again, pray for me. Lord, I thank you for my sister or brother here that you strengthen them and keep them and surround them. 
with peace and, and, and love and favor like a shield, helping them to uh, uh, better understand you and better understand themselves so they can better understand the purpose of life. Whatever the need is, we know that it's back, God, because we know that you meet all of our needs according to riches and glory. And help us all make the adjustment. Help this young person make the adjustment they need to make uh, to become even more aligned with you, Lord. And we thank you for it. Jim to pray. Amen. God gets the glory to say, I'm going to go up until our brother's question, or our sister's, our brother's question up there. You're so welcome. Love, we love you too. Blessed laugh, it's all good. Thank you. It's Raquel. Raquel. That makes more sense. <laughs> Raquel. Uh, Tia says, I had already typed it. Um, uh, oh, okay, I got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Jalen Powell says, how do I pray for peace within myself when around others as an introvert? Um, Great question. Um. I can only go by because I'm an introvert as well. So let me let me kind of help you with that. Uh, peace is a perspective. Peace is a person. And when I understand that, I, and if I continue to engage God as a person and get to know him in a, as a person, that I know that no matter who I am around or how many I'm around, as long as I know he's around and inside of me now, that I can handle anything and anyone that I'm around, right? And as an introvert, you got to be stretched. Because purpose requires you to be around people. Uh, because one day you're going to have to be around people, your people, your wife, your children. And, and you have to learn how to be balanced because you can't just always be by yourself. And so sometimes you have to step out and, 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 and step into the tension. Step into that place of tension and so that you won't be a person of prevention. Uh, uh, and so you won't be preventing those who need you. Like I'm an introvert, but I have to spend time with my wife or she's going to feel alone. I got to spend time with my child when it comes. So the child won't feel alone. So there's stuff that we have to meet common ground with. And so if you're around people that you have to be around, find that common ground and also make sure you have time to spend time with yourself as well. Hope to help. Got to go. Y'all love y'all. Uh, uh, thank y'all so much for watching. We played this, uh, uh it was a blessing. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, you need help with your relationships, you need help with your spiritual development, you need help with um, your singleness and how to maximize it, you need help with uh, purpose and branding, or you just need advice about anything, and I mean anything, contact me today. Check out my latest book, Facts and Feelings. Also, check out the book with the holder trying to help you hold things better. The purpose of singleness to learn the purpose and how to maximize it. Dating prep to ask the right question, either end the relationship or extend it. Uh, the book Counterfeit or Counterpart, great book to help you discern the will of God in every area of your life. The Purpose of Freedom, there's a book on soul time stronghold and how to untie and uproot them. World War Me is a book on spiritual warfare and the whole armor of God, great book there. And our children's book, as it says, with cartoon characters and great points to help students um, discover their art form. Also, check out my website, IamUnplugged.com, for all your tools or resources. Uh, we have a lot there. I'm posting links now for those who are new. If you want to just get a quick, quick click, and um, I'm excited to help you all. Love you all. Y'all be blessed. I catch y'all on the flip side, but don't flip on the wrong side. Love y'all. Peace.